Y'all nasty. Where'd y'all get that nasty spirit from? We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. And we tell that devil he have to flee with that belly go. I ain't watching nothing. I ain't doing nothing inappropriate. But it popped in on my news feed that I'm seeing women going into the grocery store at home around family time sucking a cucumber. Where, where y'all start licking fruit? Fruit is to be eating, not sucking, not licking it. That is not what you think it is. You are beautiful women. You are not meant for this just because your mom was a crackhead. does not mean you got to do crack. Stop sucking and pray. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen, aka Blankets Plenty. Wait, it is officially July. Why? Why are you blankets? I just have a lot of throw blankets. And yes. Yeah. In I fact, I got a throw blanket for my birthday, and I was even more excited. I currently <laughs> have three on my couch right now. Right. That's that's the normal. <laughs> and I because I do keep my house pretty cool. And so, but I do that cuz I like to I like to wrap up. Like I like to be wrapped up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't even explain why I have so many blankets. <laughs> okay, well, Doyen, what's been going on with you? I am now 31. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find my applause. Let's give Doyen a round of applause. Um, yep. Okay. Well, good. I successfully did that on Thursday. <laughs> <Last> Thursday. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, The Sims. I know you don't play The Sims, but like when no. you have like kids, in order to make them grow like well, you try to like have all of their like meters up and high before they go to the next age. So last week I was trying to make sure my meters are good and up before I passed out <laughs> to the next age. <laughs> and I think I did good. <laughs> well, that sounds good. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> one day I'm going to get into Sims. I just, I just haven't, but one day I will. <laughs> but it's okay. So what's I'm over here like, I need a new computer so I can get more expansion packs because it takes up space. <laughs> Didn't you just buy a new computer? Yeah, but it has creative software on it. Oh, I forgot. You're yeah. creative. <laughs> yeah. <That's it. laughs> so what's been going on with you? Yeah, so of course my birthday was on a Thursday and I was just, you know, off and I got bored, so I went and got my niece and nephew. <laughs> oh, sweet. And then the actual birthday festivities were Saturday. So Saturday we had a bougie brunch in the morning Ooh. with well, in the afternoonish, but with our fascinators and just general bouginess. Um, I had like a green dress with a cape to the side, which is 
extra. No, let me tell you, y'all, I don't know if you follow Doyen on the socials, but she was so cute. And I loved that dress. I love the dress. I love the fascinators. Everybody looked like they had a good time. This is the one, this is one of the very few times in life that I actually had a case of FOMO. Because I was like, everybody's so dressed up and cute. And I'm not there. <laughs> and then I had a pool party. So a cloud came out and everybody's like, oh, gotta go, gotta go home. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't mean to play that. Do you did you hear that? Yeah, the sad music. I didn't I mean, mean it was sad. It. All my friends left me because <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a storm. It wasn't a real storm for real. But I had a few friends stay and I made them watch Black Panther and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Well, what are you drinking? I, um, this is something I encountered during my pool party and realized I liked. But the Deep Eddy Sweet Tea Vodka and then Lemonade. So I usually don't like, A, I don't like Sweet Tea Vodka or Sweet Tea Alcohol because it always tastes weird. And then, um, I don't like Lemonade in my Sweet Tea. But, for some reason, this is a really great combination. I like it. Wait, you don't like lemonade in your sweet tea? No. Doyen. Doyen. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't like lemon in my sweet tea. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I don't like it. But this one's pretty good, so. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm frozen on the screen. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, all right. But yeah, so it's pretty good. Cheers. <laughs> I was like pouring earlier. I was like, "Bitch, this is not regular sweet tea." You guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so funny because starting out with my drink, it's like we're in sync. It's like <laughs> because. I, too, <laughs> am drinking. Uh, the drink is called Peach Don't Kill My Vibe. It is with Steelhouse Peach Tea Whiskey mm-hmm. and Lemonade. I use, I didn't make lemonade. I just used some Simply Lemonade because I am lazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it's really strong. And it's, it's it's good. Um, I had to add a little extra lemonade to it, but I like it. I was like, so I was weirded out at first because the bottle is like a, a can. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it like a bunch of times, whatever. I mean, I've seen it before, but I was like, mm, I don't know. And just the peach tea whiskey caught my eye because I used to drink Firefly all the time. But now for some reason, or maybe it's just the, I don't know, it's it's not as easy to find Firefly as it used to be. Maybe I'm just an old lady and people don't drink that anymore. But mm-hmm. anywho, to be completely honest, I have had such a time with <laughs> uh, technical issues and getting everything set up prior to recording that I really don't remember what I did <laughs> weekend mm-hmm. or you know the past couple of days other than just kind of ripping and running around uh one thing I did do was actually get a little taste of sleep so that was good mm-hmm. and Monday 
So I did a little running around Monday. I got up like I had to go to work. <laughs> and I vacuumed and I did a couple other things, ran a couple errands. And then I did it again today, which <sighs> going into stores like so I went to I went to Kroger and Walmart today. Mm. I'm gonna have to like drink some tea. <laughs> I'm gonna have to drink like some chamomile tea or something after recording because it's just been a day. I've been overstimulated today. Mm-hmm. So just with everything because like that's and that's not even like me to do both in the same day but yeah you know i did so anyway moving on so go ahead i was going to talk about tv oh okay (laughs) i completely forgot (laughs) so yeah uh, because i'm caught up this is the only reason why i'm bringing it up but (laughs) thursday and friday i was off work so i finished season one a big little lies and started season two so now i'm caught up and, then... <laughs> and honestly i'm having a lot of trouble um i think the word is cognitive dissonance okay. so my brain sees um meryl streep and is like this is someone you love this is someone you accept this is home but then her character is so, <laughs> so awful. And I'm like, I hate her so much. But it's Meryl Streep's face. So it's hard for me to hate her. But I have to because her character is awful. <laughs> it just makes me like love her acting skills. Yeah. Like, and that, yeah. So even more, I'm like, you bitch, you just acting your ass off. She really you hate- is. I even want want to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. She's the perfect person to play this role. I mean, I Doyen sends me a text, <laughs> and she's like, "Mary Louise is gonna get pushed down the stairs." <laughs> she need to. <laughs> oh, I was late watching, of course, and. Like was it wasn't even like a good five ten minutes in, and she got the shit slapped out of her, and I was like, yes, it is about time. <laughs> and I think what frustrated me a lot, like the first couple episodes, or maybe just the first episode, I don't know. But in the beginning, was that I was like, somebody needs to let her know that her son was a piece of shit. Like somebody needs to tell her that. But the more it goes on, I feel like she knows she she has to know i just feel like she knows yeah it's just so tough because it's like yeah but um. also i love renata renata's my favorite she is (laughs) not not going to be rich (laughs) which renata isn't my favorite but she's my favorite this season madeline is really my favorite but because she's wound up a lot like i am but renata is just so Renata brings a lot of that character brings a lot of comedic relief to the show so mm-hmm. I can appreciate that I was like this show had me scared of taking Ambien though <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I can't have all this shit happening while I'm on Ambien I am already afraid to take Ambien so I was already mm-hmm. like I'm I'm no I'm good on the Ambien no <laughs> and then um so euphoria the whole time i'm just like where are the adults <laughs> the well, only adult we really see is like zendaya's mom 
<laughs> so I like I'm not I didn't watch this last week's episode yet, but I when well, the first episode I watched, I text y'all and I was like, um, anybody watching Euphoria? And the reason why is because everybody on Twitter was kind of like shitting on it and kind of like, oh, they're just trying to get a reaction or, you know, did you watch on the app or did you watch from like, where did you watch from? Uh, my Apple TV. So the, watching on, but, but from the app. Yeah, from the app. So did you watch the little interview? afterwards mm-hmm. with the guy and so i was like well this is a reflection of his real life so i don't want to say this for shock value but also a lot of that like i think what made me really like this show initially is it it reminded me a lot of high school even for me like not those exact situations like not the drug use but a lot of the feel was just like when those on the I think it's the first episode when they're all in the car and they're riding to the party or whatever and the girls are just having a good time like that was high school for me or even being at those parties like that because high school is when I had like the biggest number of white friends (laughs) and I've definitely been to some parties like that and we I there were kids at school with me that were definitely on some hard drug use now for the black kids it was mostly alcohol and weed not me i was believe it or not i was the forever designated driver in high school but i don't know it just rang true to me and so that's kind of what made me like it because it just felt like school now the only time i did feel like we're the adults is when like how are you how are you spending the night at a whole another person's house Mm -hmm. and your parent doesn't know, but maybe her mom does know. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It it seems so like, of course I was sheltered, but I'm still like, what the hell are these kids doing? But I mean, I pretty at much, it's at least what is well written. It is. And like, I, I was pretty sheltered until, well, not sheltered, but my granny was pretty strict on me till about my junior year. I mean, even before then, I had ways of getting out of the house, but like, Mm. I've definitely been to parties like that, because that's how white kids party. I've definitely been to parties like that. I've definitely been, you know, in such around other people like that but that whole being at a whole nother person's or how do you have a whole person spend the night with you don't know about it that part was just like mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point in time your parents should be expecting you to come home but like you said maybe because i couldn't just tell my granny well i'm going to spend the night at Doyen house and she'd be like okay no she gonna call your mama First, she going to ask me who your folks are and she going to figure out, does she know them? If she don't know your folks, then it's a no off the bat. If she does sort of kind of know who they are, okay, she going to call your mama and get a feel <laughs> of how things are running in your house. If you have brothers that live at home, I definitely couldn't stay. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just that whole, oh, I'm gone, such and such, like that, no, that wasn't happening. Yeah, no. <laughs> 
no. Sometimes I just tell people that my mom said no because I already knew she was going to say no. <laughs> I didn't want to ask. <laughs> you just saved yourself the heartache. Right. But yeah. So uh, they're interesting shows. I'm glad that I'm caught up on TV. I caught up on Good Thoughts as well. So that was good. That was fun. Relaxing. I am not familiar with The Good Thoughts. It's a freeform show that I told you to watch. Um, I don't remember you telling me to watch that. Okay, I'll find the screenshots. I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't being sassy, <laughs> but anything I, I that <laughs> I have anything that I have ever been told to check out, I always check it out at least like one episode. So that's yeah. why I was like, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, to check that out, but I will because I want to. Yeah, good thoughts is good, and I like bold type. Um, they both try their best at like touching on race issues. Um, they don't always, you know, for our standards, they may not always like hit the jackpot, but at least they try to speak on it, which is cool. Okay, okay, so you can move along to what you were gonna move on. Okay, so I am just, I'm sorry. I'm fumbling around trying to figure stuff out. Okay, I am going to fumble. All right, so Mm -hmm. we've added a little part to the show where we just want to show our listeners how much we appreciate them and how much we appreciate you all for leaving us comments. Remember, they make me so very happy. (laughs) (laughs) I really do read them and smile. So today's comment comes from litflix abby and we met her via instagram right Mm -hmm. okay yeah we love abby (laughs) so abby says love this show the ladies have great chemistry they're funny love the drink ideas i also like that they talk about so many different topics books movies keeping yourself motivated and organized so many other things i'm definitely a regular listener now thank you abby and we thank you for your review and girl i am so unorganized in real Mm -hmm. life very organized at work (laughs) (laughs) yay thanks abby all right so we'll move on along (laughs) i said i said move along as soon as doya took a drink (laughs) sorry so let's move on (laughs) to current events (laughs) so this first one um it's just it's at this point it's like (laughs) i know this is not new but now that we're seeing it it's just getting hella annoying but basically this guy he was walking outside of a hospital with an iv and like the police stopped him, was like harassing him. I'm like, who the fuck do you think stole an IV? <laughs> okay, so first of all, let me apologize to the listeners for laughing. I forgot that that was the first topic. I um, had the second one is what's first on my iPad, so that's why I was laughing. So I did not mean to laugh because this is not funny. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Continue. Um, basically, um, this guy in Illinois, Shaquille Dukes, 
was arrested for allegedly stealing an IV after following his doctor's orders to take a walk outside the hospital. Mm -hmm. So by the time they arrested him, like the IV was out of him and stuff like that. I was like, first of all, who the fuck told you? But also he was walking in a hospital gown. Like, do you think we're that elaborate that we go put on a hospital gown to steal an IV? With a whole IV in my arm. Right. Like, that shit ain't fun to put in. <laughs> no, it, no, it is not. I so, so apparently we can get arrested for being sick while black now. So this is one time, Doyen, that I did not watch the video. I just couldn't. I just, I just said, Mm-mm. I, I, I didn't want to anger myself, and I don't even remember if the video was in your article. If I just saw the video on Twitter. But anyway, either way it goes, I didn't watch the video because I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'm going to get too upset over this. This Ooh. was the one time when I watched the video, which means it was very tame. <laughs> so he was like really talking and it was like, like literally it's an Ivy. Like, what are you talking about? Like my doctor told me to walk with it, but it wasn't as aggressive, but they still, it still culminated in arrest and I think that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And let it be something like I really need. Like if it was insulin on drip, I would sue them for every fucking cent they have because I need that to live. I would sue them, <laughs> period. Like he should sue them, period. I mean, that's like because medical harm. <laughs> that is medical harm. And also, you know, be like the white people. Sue them for damage, for emotional damage. Sue them for embarrassing me that's fucking embarrassing right like that was just ridiculous can't even be sick right mm. <sighs> so the next one i keep telling chris stop making me talk about these crunchy kardashians oh <laughs> but here we are oh talking about it was a slow news week <laughs> <laughs> so kim kardashian created a shapewear line but it's like it's laughable because girl we all know you have work <laughs> exactly <laughs> you didn't just get that shape you don't pull nothing up and your belly goes Whoop. like and it just does it like, <laughs> 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 but so she came out with the shapewear line Holly Kimono is a play on her name, and the Japanese people are like, oh no, girl, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. oh no, man. She really should have seen that coming. Like, she should have seen that coming. She should have known that. But you know what? Mm-mm. Let me take that back. Why would Why would I expect her to? I'm sorry. Right. I'm. Like, sorry. I don't. Yeah. She thought it was like a play she thought was funny she didn't think about other people oh god but and even talking about kanye drew the design for the logo like it was a family project bitch this is my culture well not mine right. but you know somebody's culture she um sincerely tried it and the japanese um, fans were like oh girl no girl I don't know. And, but... <laughs> and first of all, I don't know. I'm trying to look at well, I'm trying to look up this logo. Sorry, I should um, look this up before. 
but well it may not be available because she's you know fixed it i guess did she change her name yet no she hasn't said what she's gonna change it to yet or at least i haven't seen it but um she did go on instagram and say by the way all right i hear you and yeah i can't even find that logo nowhere i just see pictures of her she she Uh, may not have (laughs) she may and and to be honest she may not have even released the logo i don't know Mm -hmm. but I just, when I saw her little thing on Instagram, I don't know. It just didn't feel, I don't know. It didn't it's feel like, sincere. But to some extent, like, she she thrives off of being popular. So there is a line where she'll scoop back from, and that's that line. But, um, yeah, so it's weird because she called it solution wear, and I was like, that's kind of. <laughs> very technical please don't call it that <laughs> but yeah so no kimono for kim oh no mm, good <laughs> good oh the next one that, uh, all right so there's this woman i guess in 2018 <laughs> which was last year she married a 300 year old pirate um, <laughs> named jack and they got married on it. I did not mean to push that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, and then the worst part about it is then she tried to put it on us. She was like, "He's dark skin and has jet black hair." No, girl, you are not about to put this on us. <laughs> I don't think that's what she meant. She said it looks like Jack Sparrow. So I think she just means tanned black hair, like Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so. You, you know, she's one of those types because you can look at her and tell like she lives in a tanning bed and, or she gets a spray tan. Did you watch the video? No. Um, and let me tell y'all, I almost <laughs> put to the side to watch the video because you get the whole essence of the story from the video. It's really just mm-hmm. like a little blurb in the article. So I Man. almost put in parentheses, watch the video, Doya. But you know what? She said I offended her last week, so I didn't. I just said, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. You gave me words. I thought it was just like an either or I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not going to say watch the video, Doya. <laughs> but Furthermore, uh-huh. I am Nigerian, which means I'm superstitious. And a pastor told me about this once. So I'm not about to watch nothing about no ghosts in my house and invite them into my space. <laughs> it's First just of not all, gonna happen. <laughs> I am not gonna allow you to blame everything on being Nigerian. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> number two, the ghost isn't in the video. <laughs> Okay. The video was literally just her. I guess it seemed like it was a news team interviewing Mm -hmm. her. It was just an interview. But anyway, I just in the video she looks like she looks very Jersey Shore. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently, she said that she was healthy before they got married, and then she was like, "He turned, but was a beautiful and loving relationship." It's what, but she says she started being plagued with health issues when she married Jack, and deduced that he is stealing or draining her energy 
and using her for his own selfish intentions. Wait, bring that back a little bit more. When she first met him, she's like, we ain't about to have this casual ghost sex. We're going to wait that was fun- for 90 days. <laughs> that was the funniest part. That was like the funniest part. Was she? I'm like, she lady. Ghost standards. <laughs> Did you actually negotiate the ghost sex? <laughs> but she basically. Read, think like a woman, act like a ghost man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but basically what I got from this is dead or alive, niggas ain't shit. Like, uh. dead or alive. Like, he drained her of all of her energy. <laughs> he drained her of all of her energy. How many times have niggas drained me of my energy? That's all I'm saying. She's contemplating exorcism. <laughs> I'm like... It's just it's so much. <laughs> and I at the very least, like I would prefer to fight with a nigga that's right here. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me be able to like, even though I do not I, I do not advocate putting your hands on anyone. At least let me be able to pop that nigga or something. Physically swing on him. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so, you know, white people, white people. Um, next one. Okay, so I did the Politico because I was like, first of all, when I pulled it up, I was like, this is a whole four minute video and there's no words around it. So I guess I have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it, but I watched both of the debates. So, exactly. And that's what I was about to say. The video was really more so for me because I did not watch either debate, although Twitter really kept me informed without having to watch it. Um, but it was, I really just kind of used that as a placeholder to give us a space to talk about it. I agreed with a lot of what the video said, but, um, Generally, like, because I told my boyfriend, like, they split it up randomly, allegedly. But literally, the first night was like nobody and Elizabeth Warren. Exactly. <laughs> Biden, well, of the like high ranking ones, and then Biden, Biden and the bigger ones were in the second one. Yeah. Um, the first one would crack me up. And actually, I'm going to skip to the tweets, like, the best tweets yeah. part. I'm going to read a tweet, which is exactly how it felt about Beto. Because I love Beto. He's like, guy. But they're like, when you realize your boyfriend Beto is without a doubt the hottest guy in El Paso, but then you take him to Miami. <laughs> and that's what it was. It was like, I love Beto. I loved him for this Texas election. But then he came out to this national stage and embarrassed me. And I was like, first of all, he was talking. And then he switched to Spanish. And I was like, wait. <laughs> what's happening here and Cory Booker has this look on his face which is like probably <laughs> yes it is. it is he just bust out straight in Spanish and I'm like it seems like a lot but then what made it worse was then Cory Booker started speaking Spanish I was like Ugh. oh listen everybody <laughs> on Twitter was like the fuck and so Sean and I were talking back and forth on Twitter because neither of us were watching we both kind of had the same stance of like it's too many people and I can't deal with that once it mm-hmm. narrows down I'll zoom in and also Robin watched so he could inform I knew you were watching you can inform me and I had several other friends who were watching so I was like eh I'll get the good stuff from people but mm-hmm. everyone on Twitter was like um 
they do know that Telemundo will translate, right? Like, why are they, why are they doing this? Yeah, it was just so weird. It was such a weird flex. I'm like, well, how are you just going to embarrass us on the national stage? Um, I just, overall, night one, I found a new person I like, which was Inslee. Um, he's a governor somewhere. Um, Mike de Blasio, every time he talked, I was like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who asked you to be here? Mm-hmm. Which is nobody. Um, a lot of white men on the stage. Um, some extra women that I didn't really know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was excited because it's not just one anymore. Well, that was one of my favorite tweets was, how are we supposed to tell all the white men apart? Because it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> hardly any of these people. Um, Beto was one of the few that first night that then they showed the lineup that I was remotely familiar with based on a lot of the feedback that i've seen it was this is this is my thing biden took a lot of hits and i'm glad about it i haven't gotten to night two yet okay well go on tonight to whatever night you own um the only other one that like kind of made a splash was julian castro um i think when he started out, he thought he was going to get way more attention than he was, you know. I think if the pool was smaller, he would have gotten a lot more attention than he did, but he doesn't. And then, of course, Elizabeth Warren just was, like, out there slaying. Like, it was illegal how, like, <laughs> like it just looked like a clown show, but then she would show up and just, you know. She was, like, the front runner of that night, but I feel like it would have been different if she would have been in the second night. But then nobody would have watched the first night. <laughs> well, everything that I saw named Warren as the winner and then mm-hmm. Castro as the runner up. Yeah. And I actually saw a lot of coverage about him. I'd heard his name before, but I didn't think he was really, I guess, a high contender. But yeah. everybody was pretty impressed. Like everyone was saying, like, okay, Warren definitely won the night. Like yeah hands down but he really made a splash and they were like he's really you know okay so i guess the i guess the thing was he did well enough now to where people are going to look into him more yeah yeah that's i think because he's one of the first few people to like announce himself and i think he would he thought he was gonna make a lot bigger splash than in this group of 20 that he has but he's okay <laughs> so night two was like the big hitters so it had biden it had um bernie it had kamala <laughs> uh are the, those are like the three biggest ones yeah. um there's a lady that like everybody was like wait who is she she's an author i forgot what her name was She's kind of weird. <laughs> is she the one that everyone pulled up those weird tweets of hers? Yeah. 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 She's an author. Um, God, I really can't remember much outside of Kamala and Biden and Bernie. But Kamala, it's funny because like Biden's points have gone down. And then I think Kamala and Julian's points went up a little bit. But yes. it was like down by five. 
top. So it's not really that drastic because he has a strong lead. Yes, he has a very strong lead. And ultimately, I just don't want the nominee to be him or Bernie. That's that's really ultimately all I want. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, especially for like for Biden to be out in the public sphere for so long, there a lot of his sins are out there for us all to see. <laughs> but um, um, and those sins aren't even really an issue for me. For me, the issue is how he's responding to them. He was yeah. not he's not apologizing. He's mm-hmm. not showing any type of growth. He's not even showing that he even recognizes what he's done in some instances. That yeah. is what bothers me the most. Like that yeah. is what bothers me the most. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was like, OMG, Bernie, Marshall, Martin Luther King. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just Biden, it just feels like too late. Like maybe I would have been excited by him in 2016, but it's like, but if he, if he is the nominee, I'm going to vote for him. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I mean, we, of course. And I think that's why I'm so excited about the primary because I feel like that's the way I can vote the way I want. Right. And I don't think it's going to translate to the nominee. Mm-hmm. But at least in in that little way, I'm able to vote and make my voice heard. Yeah. But yeah. of course, yeah, Twitter is hilarious. But um, again, I just implore y'all to like look at all these tweets that go viral. Go look at somebody's account and see if they got 200 followers and they're viral. They may be a Russian bot. But okay, I have I have very few followers, so if something <laughs> of mine goes viral, just know I'm not a bot. It's just that my page is locked, and I have a very conservative job, so I don't accept a lot of followers. <laughs> the other few people that I did like, um, not like, but just know, um, Pete Buttigieg got attention for I don't know what he does, um, and then Kirsten Gillibrand, I did like her. She. She said a lot of good stuff. That that was that. Like I said, I think that's why I'm so excited about the primaries is because like that's where I can make my voice heard. And then whoever wins the nomination, I just gotta vote for them because anybody but Trump. <laughs> yes, indeed. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna move on to the next part. No, or not next part, but next topic. So. Nike was going to put out some Independence Day sneakers. I don't know why. But um, they had the Betsy Ross flag and Colin Kaepernick was like, yeah, I don't know if he should, especially since he made such a stance about, you know, racism and our country's very sordid history. And so they pulled it. And of course, white people, white people. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but it's funny because this the subtitle on this article <laughs> was, betsy ross's flag is a reminder of slavery we don't need it on shoes exactly <laughs> exactly knows what it was but this whole ordeal just paints like a larger picture of and listen don't start that not all white people because if it if it's not you, then it ain't you. But if you're saying it, it probably is you. I don't mm-hmm. understand what white Americans' fixation on 
the history of America being so precious or why you're, they're so thick because that was the, um, was it Arizona? The governor from Arizona was like, oh, this is a slap in the face of American history. Okay, that bitch need to be slapped. Like, American history is not roses for all of us. America right. today is not roses for all of us. But, and and it was like, oh, and it's 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 not giving Betsy Ross the respect she deserves. What respect does she deserve? I can't, I, I'm so flustered that I really can't even put it into words mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, but I feel like y'all get it. Y'all, yeah. y'all know. Um, yeah, it's just like you can't romanticize history. It's just at this point, no, it's like offensive. Like, it's so right. Like, you, you knew what it was. You can't act like it wasn't part of that. But alas. <laughs> so we're going to move along to our someone something. Okay, so I saw a cute little tweet um and they were talking about what are some of your favorite books that really impacted you and childhood well actually i think the tweet was more like what books really had an influence on you or impacted you as a tween but i took it from childhood all the way up to being a teenager and Mm -hmm. i thought this would be fun to do and i felt like it's something that our listenership would enjoy so please be sure you tweet at us, um, get at us and tell us what some books were that really influenced you. So I'm just going to start by saying this was really hard. I thought it was going to be easy, but it was hard. Doyen, oh, and, and I didn't, I, I told Doyen, I'm not going to tell you what books I picked because I want to see if we shared any of the same, you know, book experiences or whatever. So Doyen, what's one book that you have? So you said I could do a series. So I'll say uh, the Harry Potter series. (laughs) Okay. And honestly, I mean, I think what it kind of like, I guess, opened my blurred up. So it was exciting to see that like at my age, I was reading a thousand page book, (laughs) you know, but also like, I think it kind of, it was such a popular thing to do, but still a nerdy thing. And so, you know, like, I'm still so proud to be such a Harry Potter nerd. Like, I'm literally sitting in a Ravenclaw blanket as we speak. When did <laughs> you I read Harry? When did you start reading Harry Potter? I started the, the third book in sixth grade. You started so, them out of order? Yeah. My oh. sister handed me the third book. My sister, your line sister. <laughs> she handed me the third book and I read it and then I went back to the first and second. And then from there I had to wait for JK Rowling to finish each book. Okay. So So um and yeah, Harry Potter is amazing. I did not get into Harry Potter until as an adult, but I always knew that I wanted to. Well, first yeah. of all, I was an adult when it came out. Well, I was uh I was a teenager, but I mean, I was like 19 or so when they um, either when they first came out or when they were really popular. And so I always knew I wanted to get into them. That's why I never saw the movies, because I was like, one day I'm going to read these and I don't want to. So at any rate, so my first book I have down is this book that I'm sure no one has ever heard of. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's called It's a Terrible Age to Be. The age is 14. I was in the second grade when I bought this book at the book fair. <laughs> and I will never forget the main character's name was Sunday Moon Fairchild. And I swore for years and years that I was going to have a child and name her Sunday. Um, and really, I've, I vaguely remember what the book was about. But it just had an impact on me because it changed the way I view reading. And I'm so thankful for that because I love to read now and I like to read for pleasure now. Before then, and I mean, I know it probably doesn't sound like a big deal because I was in the second grade, so I was still really young. But I did not. I read because we were reading at school or I read because my mom would say, hey, let's read this or whatever. But then I saw I found this book at the book fair and it was about teenagers. So it made me feel older. And I was a big fan, not to say I didn't enjoy books like on my age level, because I was a big fan of all the Ramona books and all the Super mm-hmm. Fudge books. But <laughs> those were books we were reading in class. I didn't I enjoyed them in class, but it's picking something and reading at home. That was the first book that I really enjoyed reading. And that's the first book I read more than once. So that was one of I my think- first picks. So I think in general, my I'll tell you my story about falling in love with reading. So it was funny because, again, nobody's surprised, but I used to talk a lot as a kid. And so my mom, I was in like the next room over. My mom was in the kitchen. She's like, where's Doyen? I haven't heard her in a while. And she came around the corner and I was reading. So after that, she started buying me books. <laughs> because she was like, oh, that's a thing that she loves. And she's quiet while she's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I love that my parents like fed into me and bought me all the books that like I really desired. Um, I'll go on to my next book. And one of the biggest things about reading is like, I feel like it's a way for me to see a lifestyle that I don't have or a life that I don't know. And so the next book that was important to me was um, The Diary of Anne Frank. And I read the diary of Van Frank when I was her age. So, you know, just seeing all the stuff that she went through, like, it was just interesting, like, knowing that, like, she could not leave her home and see her son and all these things. And so that was very impactful for me to be able to see in the eyes of somebody that's just sort of like me, you know, Mm -hmm. my age. Mm -hmm. But I see how what she went through through her eyes. So that was very impactful for me. So once again, we're just kind of in sync. I don't have <laughs> I don't have the diary of Anne Frank, but the next book, and I'm gonna put these two together, even though they're not a series, but the next two books I have on my list. The first one is Number of the Stars, and the second one was Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. And I read oh, both of God. those in fourth grade. Um Number of the Stars we read as a class. And that was my first introduction to the Holocaust. And mm-hmm. I was the same age as the lead character in the book. And just reading about having to hide, just reading about her experiences. And and like you said, it was the first time that I realized or can, you know, articulate that the world was so much bigger than me and my family and my friends and where I live 
And so that was, um, and it made me really love that author. One, one of her other books, Gossamer, is one of my favorite books ever. And Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry was, it felt so familiar when we read that book. Because first of all, up until that point, we, I mean, just keeping it real, we didn't read books about Black children in school. Like, not mm-hmm. not as a class. You know, mm-hmm. we, we read, you know, there may be a Black character, you know, in your basal, but as a trade book or paperback book, we weren't reading about Black kids. And it yeah. felt so familiar because these were to hear you know the story um crap now <laughs> i just forgot i just forgot the family's name like if, <laughs> if, you, if i was talking about this like an hour earlier i would have it but anyway to hear the stories those are things that you know i've heard my granny talk about and my aunts talk about it all all of this is stuff that i know from a um oral history of my family and it Mm -hmm. felt familiar versus when we read you know ramona or super fudge or tales of the third grade nothing these are books and stories that i loved but those stories didn't resonate with me because I didn't know what it meant to have blonde curls and someone say boing every time they pull them. So mm. like, it was just one of the first times that I felt like, Ooh, I know this narrative. So I was going to say, so I also read it in school and it's not like, I don't know. I'm complicated. I grew up around white people. So it's not <laughs> like I felt disconnected from other books, but this book, did feel like you know so much more connection to the point where I read like the sequels nobody else read the sequels but I I found them out and read them but um even like compared to like I hate to kill a mockingbird I just hate it so much because it was a mix of white and black people and the white savior narrative but just so much mistreatment and I felt like Rolling Thunder you saw a story of us prevailing despite the odds mm-hmm. that the other one didn't have. But, <laughs> and then I have one more book. Go ahead. And it's funny. You can have more uh, than one more because I actually have a, a couple more. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had the coldest winter ever. <laughs> I love I the coldest winter ever. That's not funny. <laughs> I know I said this before, but the book definitely discouraged me from ever taking part in the drug game because <laughs> i saw how like you know they were flying high for a while and then yes, they fell Lord. real hard mm-hmm. and i didn't want to fall real hard so i just <laughs> not like i had any like chance of entering the drug game but i knew that i wasn't gonna fuck with it <laughs> oh that's it <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I like how this winter I'm trying to think of this. even though like in a way I don't I feel like Sister Soldier can be sometimes particularly skating to black women in a way that is unfair in my mind but her writing overall as well it's just sometimes I feel like she's extra skating to us yeah, I was trying to think of the other because I've only no, I've read more than uh, 
Oh, I've read more than two of her books. I was about to say, I've only read two. I read Coldest Winter. And then (laughs) I read the sequel to Coldest Winter. And it sucked. And I don't even think I ever finished it because I was so pissed off. Was it Midnight? Midnight. It was Midnight. And I don't even think... the one after Midnight was better. Well, I didn't even finish Midnight. I got so pissed off. Um, But I think her her book... um, Shit. Okay. Well, never mind. I agree with everything you said about her. The Coldest Winter was the first book I read of hers and mm-hmm. loved it. And then I read another one. And after that one, that felt kind of autobiographical. I don't know if it is or not. But after that one, I was kind of done with her because I was like, oh, no, you uh, uh-uh. <laughs> like I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't care for her too much after that. But yeah. she is a very important part of black culture. And I'm thankful for. Her. So my next book is. <laughs> to kill a mockingbird <laughs> i almost said it when you said i almost said well that's my next book but that is the next book don't yuck my yum because I, <laughs> I didn't i didn't do that to any of yours <laughs> anyway to kill a mockingbird now i agree with everything you said about to kill a mockingbird with like the white savior and all that stuff but I was really young when I read To Kill a Mockingbird. And mm-hmm. so those concepts I didn't feel until later on. Yeah. I, I read, and I'm going to put To Kill a Mockingbird and this other book together like I did the other two. To Kill a Mockingbird, and even though it's a play, it was still in book form, Oedipus Rex. I found those two books in a box of my mom's books um, that she had from when she was in high school. And I was probably in maybe the, uh, maybe the fourth or fifth grade, fourth grade, because I was still at, yeah, I remember what school I was in. So I was about in the fourth grade when I found those books. And when I read To Kill a Mockingbird, it just, the first thing my dad said when I told him that I read it was, he was upset, which was weird because, I mean, my dad is a big reader and he's rarely upset that I read something. And this is the second time that he had gotten upset with me. It was over this one. And then the next time was when I read um, Gone with the Wind and the reasons were the same. He said, you're too young to read something like that and understand for real what's going on without telling me. And his thing was just tell me so I can talk to you about it while you read it. And he was the one who introduced that concept to me that the whole white savior complex, that's not how he worded it, but he was the one that introduced that concept to me. The biggest impact The Kill a Mockingbird had on me was the whole concept of you could be, you can do nothing wrong, but America will still see you as wrong. I I didn't, I grew up in a very, um, I had a very black upraising. I have activists in my family. I have, you may even say more militant people in my family. But at the same time, I was still pretty sheltered to the, to just the way the world was, because I just thought, you know, you if you get in trouble, if you go to jail, you did something bad and you did it and you deserve to go. So that was my first time being introduced to that concept of, you know, this is how America views you. Even, even if you didn't do anything. Do you have any honorable mentions? Elin Harris books. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. How did I leave them off? <laughs> Especially because that was the first time you read about a guy that was macho, the guy that everybody loved, but he still loved men. <laughs> he still loved dick. And, yeah. you know, it is it is and so again it just goes back to like kind of like and frank where like i saw an experience that i generally wouldn't have for myself but i was able to see you know his experience in his eyes and that was great um r.i.p elon harris but he was an amazing writer i pretty much read every book he wrote i think i read (laughs) every book he wrote even until adulthood i started reading him in like middle school and even into adulthood and yes you are so right how could i forget elin harris Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well my last and final book is (laughs) the once and future king and even though this book isn't really straight out fantasy after reading this, reading this book sparked my love for fantasy. I also love mm-hmm. like I love legends. I love um, I love all types of mythology, and so it played right into that. But yeah, it really started my love of reading fantasy. And little known fact, after reading the Once and Future King, that sparked me to read Game of Thrones. Da 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 da. So <laughs> we're not gonna stay on this forever, but um Lion Witch and Wardrobe had me do this yes! my intro to fantasy. So anyways, you we're know not what gonna stay here forever because we read too damn much. <laughs> but you know what? You're right. So how did I leave well because I love Lion Witch and Wardrobe, but I guess I didn't consider that fantasy at the time. Maybe I was too young to mm-hmm. consider that fantasy. I don't know. It was you know what? It's maybe uh, allegory, and and maybe and maybe I'm using the wrong word. Maybe fantasy is not what I mean. I mean, yeah. I do love fantasy, but maybe when I say once in future, maybe once in future, King showed me that I love period pieces because I do, and I love reading things set in. I love reading things set in different time periods, but I specifically love like a good old medieval (laughs) story Mm -hmm. or anything that's like super, super old. I I do. So, yeah. So y'all, please be sure to get at us and like, tell us what some of your favorite books are and how they made you feel. And we'll share some of them on next week's show. And just, you know, let us know what you like to read. (laughs) So we're going to move along to our poor life decision. This article, before I even tell you what we're going to talk about, the article opens up with mental health issues don't discriminate. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say, amen. (laughs) I should have, I should have prayed my play, prayed. I should have played my preaching music because that was a word. Mental mental health issues do not discriminate. So this month is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And I Mm -hmm. thought, let's kick things off by delving into a topic that we've definitely talked about before. And honestly, we will probably talk about again because we're that friend. People from minority groups are less likely to receive mental health care than many others. And some of that 
of course, is like, you know, cultural stigma. But some of that is also due to lack of access, lack of quality, lack of access to quality care. So here's something that I did not know. Um, the article tells us that B.B. Moore Campbell, the author, was um, an advocate and also sort of the groundwork for uh, minority mental health awareness. And I did not know that. Are you familiar with B.B. Moore Campbell? Was she the one that ended up with the dementia? Or am I mixing her up with somebody else? You know, I don't know. I don't know what her illness was, which I don't know what she passed away from. Um, But I was familiar with her just as an author. Got it. um, Because I've read several of her books and loved her books. And then, you know, her daughter is Maya. And didn't know that Maya was her daughter until until after she got sick um and okay. then after bb got sick and then like reading up on something and realized oh that's her daughter from um in the house i think was the name of the show so anyway of course like all mothers do she just picked up and said okay i'm going to do the groundwork and make sure that you know other families are well informed and can get their babies the help that they need as I said, she was she laid the groundwork for Mental Health Awareness Month. But however, due to illness, she passed away and she was unable to see it through to legislation. She passed away in 2006. A few years later, July was designated as B.B. Moore Campbell National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So to kick things off, we're just going to talk about A., some of the signs to let you know that it's time to seek some help and then B, how to get with a therapist or a psychologist who gets you and that you feel comfortable with. There's a wide range of mental health conditions and symptoms, but the key is excessiveness when it comes to the symptoms. You know, it's normal to feel stressed. It's normal to feel tired. It's normal to feel moody sometimes. But you have to look at the excessiveness of it, like the duration and to what extent. That's what that's one of the things that lets you know, is this an issue? Is this something that I need to look further into? And the National Alliance of Mental Illness outlines many common warning signs. And here are just a few. Excessive worrying or fear, feeling excessively sad or low, extreme mood changes, including uncontrollable highs or feeling of euphoria. And that's one that's hard to ping sometimes because you feel good. Um, Prolonged or strong feelings of irritability or anger, avoiding friends and social activities, inability to carry out daily activities or handle daily problems and stress. So for me, one of the main things that let me know, okay, maybe it is time for me to talk to someone because my general doctor for years was like, you're going to talk to somebody. But the main thing for me was the inability to carry out daily activities or to handle problems and stress. Just. When I realized that I could spend days in the bed, just 
not even sleep because we all know my sleep issues, but just being in the bed. That was the first thing to me is like something that's not right because I've always been the person I had to get up. Like not only could I not sleep past a certain time, I couldn't just lay in the bed past a certain time. I would have to get up and be productive and do something or else I would feel weird. Like my muscles would literally ache. Like I literally just could not do it. So that was one of the first signs for me that I needed to, you know, something more is going on here. Is there anything you want to add before I move on to the next point? Especially because usually the 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 notion of mental illness is usually wrapped around white experiences and symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I think it doesn't necessarily have to be extreme. Sometimes it is something that's long-lasting and plaguing. Right. And it makes you just feel like you're not at your 100%. So I am super functional when I'm depressed. I still go to work. Right. But literally in the past year, I'm like... I've missed a year of memory somewhere because all I did was put myself in a routine and just stop thinking about things and just keep going. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, if you feel because you know you and you feel that something's not right, it may be the time for you to talk to somebody. Right. And that's a good point that you mentioned, Doyen, because sometimes we think especially when we think in terms of mental illness, we think extremes or I hate this word, but the first thing we think of is somebody's crazy. And that's not the case. First of all, having a mental illness is not crazy. So I want to take that word off the table, but also it doesn't have to be something so extreme sometimes it is something that's just lying right underneath and like you said duration is important to look at it's normal to feel sometimes like you're stuck in a rut or like you know I'm really sad I'm having a hard time handling sadness is not depression and it's normal to feel sad it's normal to feel like something has happened I'm grieving, I'm going through whatever, and I'm kind of robotic at the moment because I'm pushing through it. But at some point in the short term, you come out of that. When it's difficult to get out of that, sometimes when you don't even notice it, you just turn around and it's like, wait, what? Like you said, you just kind of look around and it's like a year has gone by or such and such has gone by and I'm not been myself. So it can be, it, it can creep up on you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And you should just be in tune with yourself and know when something's not right. Yeah. So good. You had something? No, I was just breathing. Oh, <laughs> okay. So the next part, finding a therapist who gets you. Now, this is what was most important for me. And I'm sure it's most important for everyone else. For many people in minority groups, The preference is to be treated by a therapist or an expert of a similar background. Now, I, that was definitely the case for me. Let me just say that finding a therapist is something that's very personal and whatever works for you. So I don't want, I don't want to anyone to think that like I'm poo-pooing on your preference or how you felt about choosing your therapist because I'm not. What works for me might not work for you. But I definitely heard people say, like some of my friends even say, well, I wanted, you know, someone white because I wanted someone with a different perspective. And that's fine. Like 
that may be what works for you. For me, different perspective didn't necessarily mean someone who looks different than me. But also for me, I needed a black woman because I needed someone who I was comfortable with. So when the old white men that I work with pissed me off, I wanted to be comfortable with talking about that. I wanted someone who understood when I say, oh, I got pulled over today and for some reason I just broke down crying. I need somebody to understand I'm not exaggerating those feelings when I say that. So that's why that was important to me. But whatever your criteria is, there is someone out there. However, (laughs) it can be difficult to find someone, um, especially if you're looking for a minority. A 2015 report from the APA indicates that 86% of psychologists in the U.S. workforce were white. 5% were Asian. 5% were Hispanic. 4% were Black. And 1% were multiracial or from other racial ethnic groups. That is slim pickings. But... Part of why I wanted to kick things off this month with this article is because we're going to give you a database for you to use when you're looking for a person in your area. So one of the most important things to do is to schedule a consultation with a therapist to see if just to be sure that they understand your needs. And during your consultation, please know and never forget it is okay to ask questions. Ask lots of questions. You want to be comfortable with this person. So I've mentioned before that like I just really put it off for a long time with seeing a therapist. When I finally decided to go ahead and do it, I told my general doctor, okay, I want a black woman. And she hooked me up with, well, actually what she ended up doing was sending me to the behavioral health um center, I guess. I don't know what it's called, but it's the part of the hospital that handles behavioral health. And then they did like a questionnaire with me and matched me to a person who they actually gave me a couple options. But the first name that they gave me, which is the person that I ended up going with, y'all, this person, ever since I have lived in the town where I am now, ever since 2003, ever since I've been here, People have randomly asked me, do I know this girl? And I don't. (laughs) But people, they ask me that because she went to state like we did. But she's a little older than me, so I didn't know her. And she did not pledge our same sorority, but she is Greek. And so people just assume that I know her. Ever since I've been here, I've heard that name. So when that name came up, I knew who it was. And I just started laughing. And I was like, you know what? Okay, this is a sign that this is the right move for me to make, and it made me feel really comfortable with going with her. Um, do you have anything to add before I? Um, my experience is a little bit different. So, um, I have a program that a lot of jobs have, which is called EAP Employee Assistance Program, and they provide like six free sessions per topic with somebody. I had no desire to leave my office because of work. <laughs> on a regular basis to talk to anybody so I tried telephone counseling which is odd because it's hard to build that rapport 
where you're mm-hmm. not looking at somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, I just want to speak towards EAP because a lot of people see that and it's a very affordable option. Um, the good thing about them is you can, if you don't feel like this is a person you need to be talking to, you can be asked to like be moved to somebody else. You can ask them. I asked them for a black person before and they're like, we don't really know who's black, but we can give you a list and you can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, they tried, but um, <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm just trying to share a different option just because like therapy is expensive. I'm tired of people who saying that it's approachable. It's not, it's expensive. <laughs> so I want people to, you know, no matter where you are to be able to approach this in a way that works for you. It is expensive, um, but it can be approachable just depending on your needs. Um, a lot of the therapists that, are in some of the in the data bank that will be in this article that will be pinned to the show notes have a sliding scale and also some depending on it depends on like where this therapist works so for instance if it's a private practice then this may be a little different but if Mm -hmm. it's someone who works like at a community outreach center or because even though still cost so there may may be some that offer counseling for free therapy for free I don't know but most Mm -hmm. of the time they do still cost but they can see people on a crisis and that's like if something traumatic if you've gone through something traumatic and they can give you so many sessions for free then so there are a lot of options but to be honest those options aren't always made clear and known to us and we don't always know about them which is why I'm really glad for this database of groups the first one listed is therapy for black girls and I learned a lot about that's how I learned about a sliding scale because one of the therapists before I found the one in my town I was going to use one of the ones from that database and do we were going to do via Skype and she's in Memphis, I think. But so there are a lot of options out there, but you do have to dig. And hey, we did some of the digging for you. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks to the power of the Internet, they there are all type of accessible accessible databases to help you find mental health providers that specialize or belong to certain minority groups and also navigate the financial barriers that so many of us face when trying to seek help. So like I said, the very first one listed is therapy for black girls. There's also a Latinx therapy or is it, is it Latinx, Latinx or Latin X? Okay. But no, I there's, used to say Latinx, but apparently it's not Latinx. Okay. It's so there's a Latin <laughs> X therapy. There's National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. There's a Open Path Collective. There are just several. Oh, another thing when I got ready to see a therapist, <laughs> I told the little guy that was doing my interest inventory, I said, I do not want to see a faith-based faith-based therapist. And he looked at me like, why? <laughs> and I said, I mean, if it's somebody who's going to like really, first of all, I want it to be a licensed therapist. But if it's someone who's really going to work with me, that's fine. But I don't want somebody who's just going to tell me to pray about it. Like I get that from <laughs> my granny. <laughs> I didn't need it from nobody else. 
<laughs> I was like adamant. That's not what I wanted. But anyway, um, so it will be in the show notes. Please check it out. That is all I have. Do you have anything before we move along? No. All right. <laughs> so we're going to move along to Doyen's favorite part of the show. <laughs> to our favorite part of the show. And I don't know why I said Doyen because I really meant to say our, but we're going to move on to our favorite part of the show. Let's hear it, Doyen. The buy you a drink. <laughs> and you guessed it. My drink <laughs> this week is for throw blankets because sometimes just like one part of your body is cold, but you don't want your whole body covered. <laughs> Usually it's my legs. And so, you know, I just love throw blankets. They're great. Um, and then you can have like a few when people come over. So it can be a whole throw blanket party. It's just great. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy them some gain fabric softener because I feel like they would like that. I definitely have friends that come over to my house and know where the blankets are because, like I said, I keep my house cool and they pretend it's so cold. And I have friends that come to my house and go straight to the blankets. <laughs> so yes, um, well, this week I'm gonna buy a drink for Grace because you know what. I don't even know if grace is the right word, but I'm going to buy a drink for grace because sometimes things happen and go wrong. Sometimes things pop up and I've had several things pop up, not just today, but like over the past few days. But every time I had to remind myself, you know what? Yes, this is very inconvenient, but I am blessed. I'm able to handle it. The universe gives us everything we need. And I just want to be thankful for grace and enough because it is enough. And that's it. Yay. Yay. So guys, guess what? You survived another week and you've had another wonderful week with us. Uh, so you can talk to us on Twitter at PLD pod. Uh, we really just talk about tv most of the time but <laughs> we're always happy to talk to you about it um on instagram we are poor life decision at instagram i just said that. <laughs> <laughs> one decision Woo! because we're changing them one at a time <laughs> um on etsy we are poor life decision as well get you a big drink energy shirt it'll be great yeah um and i figured out our email address so if you want to email us it's hello poorlifedecision.com is that not what it's always been some weeks it's say hi but it's not <laughs> say hi. it is hello yes um just rate us on itunes because you love us and we love you too yes rate and us five stars the other ones don't work five star bitch yeah hey that's it for the week drink some water water your plants yes please <laughs> all right we love y'all oh but don't overwater your jalapeno because then it won't be spicy that's what <laughs> I learned today <laughs> bye bye <laughs> Rich nigga, eight figure, that's my type. That's my type, nigga, that's my type. Eight inch bagel, that's the pipe. Damn bitch, I'ma ride a dick all night. Rich nigga, eight figure, that's my type. That's my type, nigga, that's my type.
dipped I can see why all these basic hoes pissed Bust down wrist, not a bust down bitch uh.